Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. Love is a very large part of the equation of transcendence. To transcend the dunya, the world, the mundane, you have to have overwhelming love in your heart. Without that love, the pushes and pulls and magnetisms of the world pull you into their domain and make themselves seem important to you. But when love is strong and love is real, then all of these pettinesses of the world become, all, all, become not important. The vanity of the world disappears and the vanity that you carry yourself disappears. But to do this, you have to learn love. And love is difficult to be taught through books. You can read about love, and it is not the same as encountering love in manifest reality. Throughout history and throughout the time in the world Allah has sent lovers into the world who's, who, who, who had as one of their purposes to show people what love was so that they could learn love and incorporate love into their being and it was through this learning of love and incorporating love into their being, that people become able to transcend the world and become closer to God and take the straight path. Religion without love is a dry stick. Devotion without love is dry. Any of the qualities that are supreme and transcendent need the water of love to make them real. Otherwise, they're just words that are repeated that have no real meaning. <clears throat> Reality comes through being watered with love. So, People have been sent into the world whose purpose is to love the beings in this world and to show the beings in this world what love is like. So, if you've traveled through your existence and you haven't encountered love, you don't know the reality of it. But, for those who have had the opportunity to meet 
a true sheikh, a true lover, one who can show love, one who gives love, one who transcends the world through love, you have the opportunity to see love. And seeing love is not the same as reading about love. Encountering love is not the same as reading about love. Within a couple of weeks of meeting my teacher, he said to me, stop reading books. Don't even read my books. You have me now. Can you imagine? I had him now. There is no greater gift in this world than to have one who loves and teaches you how to love. It's through that experience of loving the sheikh that we can then learn how to love others. And what the sheikh does for you is he gives you this safe place. He gives you this sanctuary within the world where you are out of the fear zone. You step into his zone and it's the love zone. The fear of the world dissipates and disappears. And now all there is is love. You can say whatever you need to say to him without being afraid. You can interact with him whatever way you need to without being afraid. And if your focus is off, and if your interaction is incorrect, he won't scold you. He'll love you and correct you so that you also can love. And he told us that we should become like him. So if you are truly a child of the sheikh, if you are truly a child of the Ketub, a child of the Muhayyadin, you need to become a lover. And who should you give this love to? Well, first, you should give it to the ones closest to you. Because if you can't love them, you can't love anybody. So it starts in the family. You have to be able to love the family members. Marriage is a particularly sanctified place of love in Allah's creation. And it has been given Allah's blessings. So love begins in the home. And then love spreads out of the home to others. And as you travel through this world and through your uh, everyday acquaintances and everyday meanderings in life, you can be one of the ones who people don't have to be afraid to come close to, who people don't have to be hesitant about, because they know that what is going to be received from you is love. In this world, the devil 
has taken root in many places. And the devil also exists within holy places. Of course he comes to holy places, because this is where he wants to make his mark. He wants to pull away the ones who have learned to love. And through deception, he enters into you and creates the opposite, or tries to create the opposite of love. Often, he hides with a mask that looks like love, but in truth, he's doing this the way the snake did it to Eve. He's doing it to deceive you and to take you outside of the realm of love through anger, through arrogance, through trying to get back at him. Even if he can create conflict between you and him, he's accomplished what he wants to accomplish because now you're not in a state of love, you're in a state of conflict. So we have these people in the world whose purpose is to create conflict, whose purpose is to create difficulty. We need to learn to skate around them, to maneuver around them, not to have a place in our lives for them. It is very difficult to stay in love when you carry animosity. It's very difficult to be in a transcendent state of love when you carry arrogance. It's difficult to love people that you think you're better than. It's difficult to love people that you believe you are above. So, one of the things that Bawa did for us was he taught us how to become small. And in becoming small, we were able to love everybody like he was. He was so small, there was no one that he was above, so he loved everybody. He was able to love everybody. And we need to be able to love everybody. And we have to be very careful that we understand the qualities that are the opposite of love. Stubbornness is the opposite of love. Strong opinions are the opposite of love. The need to prevail in all situations is the opposite of love. The need to control is the opposite of love. One who has to steer everything in a certain way is not a lover and doesn't understand love because they are unable to allow people to develop. They want to put them into molds of the way they think people should be. The lover is different than that. The lover allows freedom of choice and freedom of intellectual capacity so that people can progress on their own. The lover gives. The lover does not impose. And that's why Sufism 
is often considered a dangerous way of being to dictators and despots because they don't eschew absolutism. They allow people to find their way and they love them in that process. We have to learn how to do this. And we have to learn how to do it with our children, with our friends, and with our spouses. <coughs> if we try to control our children too much when they're growing up and under our guidance, what happens is the children become resentful and then as they reach their maturity, you'll never hear from them again. When uh, one of my sons was about four and a half years old, I was scolding him for something. And uh, he looked at me and he said, Dad, this is your fault. And I said, why? And he said, because I'm four and a half years old and I don't know any better. And you didn't explain it to me. And I thought, oh boy. <laughs> when, when the truth hits you in the face, you better react appropriately. And so the reaction was, no more scolding. I'm dealing with an adult who's four and a half years old. And, and I've got to speak to him that way. And from then on, I never shortcut anything. I gave him the long version. And we're still very close. And if he has uh, anything that he needs to discuss, I'm the one he calls. Because he knows he's going to get a straight answer. Well, this is not just the way to act with our children. This is the way to act with adults. This is the way to act with everybody in your life. When I practiced law, uh, I was something that you call of counsel to a very large firm, which means you're with the firm, but you're really also on your own. Now, all of them uh, by then knew that uh, I had a sheikh and that I was following uh, a path and I had a guru, which uh, to a lot of people seemed crazy. But since they came to me for advice, I wasn't crazy. I was eccentric. And, and they also learned that they could come into my office and it was a free space. They weren't going to get scolded. They weren't going to get demeaned. They were going to be helped as to what their situation was and where they needed help. So... The way the world normally looks at things was changed because they got to know me. And they knew the fact that I had a teacher wasn't some kind of strange thing. In some interesting way, it was an assist. Not just to me, but to them. And that's what you can do if you love. And if you help. And if you're not looking for any self-motive in return, if you're not looking to get something back. Um, when I was a kid, there was a show on TV called The Lone Ranger. 
And the Lone Ranger used to ride into towns and take care of whatever the problems were and then leave the next morning. Uh, a comedian uh, whose name was Lenny Bruce did a cartoon of the Lone Ranger uh, wherein the people, uh, before he had a chance to get away, made him a cake and gave him some sort of honorarium for what he did. And he had the cake, and he found he liked the cake, and he liked the honorarium. So the next time he came into a town, this is in the cartoon, and took care of things, at the end he was waiting for the cake and for the honorarium. And that changed his life. As long as we need thanks, and we need honorariums, and we need respect, and we need these things, the love disappears, because now the love is being given for a motive, and the motive is to make ourselves bigger. Love has to be pure. It has to come from Allah, and it has to be for Allah, and for the sake of Allah, and for the sake of Allah's creations. So, as we give love, we have to understand that this love that we give comes from the source of all giving. It's not ours to give. We become a conduit for it. And to become a conduit for it, you can't have blocks within you that stop it from coming through you. And arrogance is such a block. Self-motive is such a block. Being a snake is such a block. All of the things that are other than love that you have within you create a block to stop the love from the eternal from traveling through you. So we need to become pure so that purity, the pure love, can travel through us. And we need to understand and we need to know that there is no greater treasure in the world than for Allah to allow his qualities to travel through us. If we can grab hold of that and understand that and become a vessel for that, then we are doing the true work that we were meant to do within this world. So, we have to be very careful about our attachments to things. We have to be very careful about what we consider important in the world. Because what happens is, if we consider things in the, in the world too important, once something gets in the way of that, we have a reaction. See, this is what happens when you're attached to things. If somebody tries to pull what you're attached to away from you, you have a reaction. And that reaction is usually not a positive quality. That reaction is one of holding on to. It's one of greed. It's one of need. It's one of desire. And it's one of fulfilling those things. And as long as you have attachments, those things are going to occur. So, wise men have said that the way 
to being transcendent is to release all of your attachments. Because once you release all of your attachments, the world can't control you. It's like a fish hook. If, if, if the fish grabs onto the hook, the fish is caught and he gets pulled by the hook. And it's the same way with people. If you're attached to something, it's like being reeled in by the fish hook, by the fishing pole. Some people say you're getting your buttons pushed. You have to be able to release yourself from the world. The truth is that the nature of things is such that everything's going to be taken away from us anyway. We're not going to be able to hold on to any of it. Yet, we think that by grasping it somehow through our lifetime, we are somehow advancing ourselves. This is a inappropriate, incorrect way of looking at things. But when everybody you see has this disease of desire, it's very difficult to understand what it's like to be desireless. But if you have a teacher who has no desires and who has no needs and who doesn't want anything and you have this example and you see the nature of this example and you see how that is a positive thing to be, then you begin to learn. But you can read all day about giving up desire. But unless you see the example, the manifestation of a desireless being, it's very hard to understand that. So, we need to know what keeps us attached to the world and what allows us to transcend the world. We need to know what keeps us low and what lets us float. And if we want to float, we have to let go of things. When the hot air balloon goes up, it has to let go of its weighted bags that held it on the ground. If you want to swim, you can't take furniture on your back. There are just things that can't be done while you're in the midst of doing other things. So we need to learn how to become free. And what's freedom mean? It means to be without desire in the world. Because what desire in the world does to you is it attaches you to the world and gives you pain and joy based on the world. And all of these things don't have any permanence to them. So the joy that you get from the world disappears. Bao would tell the story of loving your racehorse until the racehorse got too old to win races. Then all of a sudden that joy and that love is gone. We need to tie in to the love that comes from the giver of all things who loves us for his sake, and created us out of his love. And we need to love that way. We need to love 
for that reason. We need to love with an understanding that love is its own reward. And until we understand that love is its own reward, we're always going to do it for some other reason. I love him because he does this for me. I love her because she does this for me. And if she didn't or he didn't do it, that love would disappear. Well, that's not real love. That's love for the sake of things. That's love for the sake of desire. That's love for the sake of lust. That's love for the sake of the material things in the world. And we are, for a period of time, a material being. But that material being is going to disappear. And we are going to become something other than that. We are going to become a being without form. And that being without form can't hold on to any of these things in the world. Imagine yourself as a soul. Do you need a house? Do you need a car? Do you need jewelry? Do you need adornment? The true adornment is God's qualities. And if we can take on the adornment of God's qualities, then no other adornment is needed. You don't need bangles. You don't need jewels. You don't need necklaces. You don't need bracelets. You don't need rings. You don't need fancy clothes. You have Allah's qualities, which are above all of these things and transcend all of these things. And then you will transcend all of these things. Now that doesn't mean that you'll be accepted by the world. Because the world can't understand why you don't need these things. And the world resents you for not needing these things. Misery loves company. And everybody in the world who needs these things is miserable. And they don't want you to be any different than they are. But we have to become different. We have to separate ourselves. And we have to move ourselves to be in the company of lovers. Because that's the only real in reality. That's where Hak exists. That's where Hakikat exists. That's where reality exists. So, we have to, one, watch love, two, learn from watching, and then become. If the becoming part of the equation is not something that we're looking at, then we're missing the point. We're not here to write books about it. We're here to be it. I read a book years ago called Swami, and it was about a man who traveled through India uh, meeting swamis. And each chapter was about a different swami, and he would describe their transcendent qualities. And I always wondered why after the end of the chapter he went looking for another one. I mean, if you found it, you found it. But he wasn't in the business of finding transcendence. He was in the business of finding swamis who talked about transcendence. 
we need to be in the business of becoming transcendent. And once we find that place, hold on to it and become more in it. Uh, I only had one teacher in my life. My wife only had one teacher in her life. We found him. We knew he was real. And we stayed with him. Thank God. May Allah supply us all with that true teaching that takes us to the place of knowing love and transcending this world and becoming real in our Lord. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.